host, Otis Sevagaro. And with me, as always, I got my partner in crime, Kisa Ramirez, sports editor here at the University Star. How's it going? Nothing much. And, you know, still battling that cough. It's I feel like it's just like last week, you know, just at the same point where I just can't speak and I'm coughing. So I'm going to pull through it just like I did last show, like I did in the game. I'm going to be a warrior. Yeah, be a warrior and lose. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia Southern. It's a thought that counts. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I guess it is a thought that counts. Georgia Southern, though, uh, beating the Bobcats last Saturday, um, 28-25 in San Marcos. Bobcats defensively did great against Georgia Southern. I believe held them to a season low, uh, 227 yards rushing, well below the season average for Georgia Southern. In fact, coming into the game, they were averaging over 400 yards. Now they're averaging 385. So very impressive showing by the defensive group. Uh, gang tackling, all that good stuff was great for the Bobcats. Offensively, though, another story. Bobcats rushing. 42 attempts in the game, three and a half yards per rush, 137 yards. That's not the Bobcat offense we know. Tyler Jones threw the ball 51 times, 30 of 51, 5.9 yards per completion, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and obviously the big play, fourth and one, pick six, right there at the end zone to end the third quarter, gives Georgia Southern 28-10 lead and essentially seals the game for Georgia Southern. That was obviously, uh, not to mince any words, that was the turning point of the game. You're fourth and one. You're down 11, third, end of the third quarter. You get a score there. Any score, you're either down eight points, you're down four. And even if you don't score and you, like, you, just, you, know, you, you get stuffed, you still have a long field for Georgia Southern, which sets up you know, points in the next possession. And that should be well. The only thing was that the, only, the biggest mistake was the one that Tyler Jones made. Threw the pick, <laughs> down to the house. He thought Lawrence Wright was going to be there. He, he might have had a receiver in the flat that he missed. And it was just the throw that you know, he wants to have back. He had another throw, actually, too. Earlier in the game, through an interception, that also led to a touchdown. 14 points off turnovers for Georgia Southern. That really was the difference because when you look at the defense, uh, arguably the best defensive performance of the year, Coach John Thompson said that uh, at Wednesday's um, practice was that he's like, you know, it was a good performance, but we lost, so it doesn't mean much. Um, but you look at it, 41 passing yards. You don't, I mean, Georgia Southern, that's not their strength, but 41 passing yards, their leading receiver was 13. They usually have that to complement their running game to give them, you know, angles and, you know, help them out. It's, it's usually there. That wasn't there. Running game wasn't there. Defense just really performed. And you look at it, Tyler Jones just made two mistakes, and there's the ball game. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. <laughs> Tyler Jones has got to start playing better, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, they, they're going to have to snap out of it because they got to play – what I believe is a must-win game for the Bobcats. I got to talk to Coach Dennis Franchoni at Tuesday's luncheon, and here's what he had to say about it. Head Coach Dennis Franchoni here with me. Coach, I know tough loss against Georgia Southern, but what do you tell the team to kind of get their focus back as you head to Mobile and face South Alabama this week? Well, number one, we're facing a good football team, so it has to be there. Number two, um, our, our big goals are still in front of us, and uh, we're fighting for win number six. We all know what win number six means in a season, and um, if it takes any more than that, then good Lord help them because uh, that should do it right there. Coach, you're going to play South Alabama like I alluded to earlier. Last year you beat them in a hard-fought game. Homecoming, fourth and 26 in the closing seconds. Jason Dan kicking that field goal. Is there anything that you take away from that game last year to kind of implement in this year, or do you tell your team, hey, that was last year, it's time to move on? No, I, I think the fact that you've played them and you remember some of their players and you watch them again on film and uh, their styles haven't changed a great deal. Uh, so uh, and there's, there's things you can look at and kind of contrast to what you see on this year's 
film and everything, and we know this will be a tough, hard-fought game. You're riding a two-game road winning road winning streak. Excuse me. What do you do in practice, or what do you tell your players in practice to kind of keep that mental edge as they go on the road this week? Well, I think the last few weeks, uh, all our games have been close, and uh, you know, when you've won on the road, you have confidence that you're going to be able to do it, and that and that's big because we hadn't done that until this year. And I, I think just the the things that we go through on a weekly basis from preparation to focus to the mental preparation in the last 48 hours and uh, the things that a team has to do to get themselves ready. And this team's more mature than probably the previous teams I've had. And so they handle these kinds of things, playing on the road, I think, better. And um, so it helps me. You know, I, I think uh, as a coach, you spend – a lot of your time worrying about things that don't happen so you can head them off so they don't happen but um, this is not something I, I'm pretty confident that these guys will redirect their focus just fine for this one. Coach your average fan is just now tuning in to Texas State football you're one one away from 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 being bowl eligible the B word as we talked about last week is there any players that you expect to step up here in the waning in the waning moments of the season and and if there are any can you can you tell the fans who you expect to step up? Well, we all have to. I, I don't know if I need to single out guys, but we all have to right now. We are, we're going to have to play one of our best games Saturday. Uh, you got to expect South Alabama is going to play one of their best games. Both teams are going to fight hard. They're at home. Um, you know, we've had some guys, though, step up. Randy Price has uh, started to play more and do well. Lawrence White, Jeff Banks, uh, Trey McGowan. Um, it's been good, too, because as the seasons wore on, we've kind of cycled out some injured players and some new guys have stepped in, and then we get the injured ones back. And and so um, uh, that's been great to see that we've had guys step up. Head coach Dennis Franchoni there. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. You know, the fourth active winningest coach in Division One football uh, with a little bit over 200 wins. But, you know, something that he talked about was, well, we all know what six wins means. What does six wins mean to you? Bowl eligibility, technically, it means that you're eligible to be in a bowl game. And that means something for the program that's, you know, been in its second year doing things. But it doesn't mean, for the for those that don't know, uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to get a bowl game. There's 35 bowl games out there, which means 70 teams will play in it. If there's uh, teams that are bowl eligible, say there's 75, for instance, then Texas State outside looking in. Six wins is the gateway, but really you need seven and eight to really solidify your, your, your place in a bowl game. Definitely, and I, I think for six means something that Texas State has done now for two years in a row. It's like a participation trophy. Like, you did it, you're good, but let's move <laughs> on. I like, I like that. I like that, you know, when you're little and you can still go 0-10 but still get a trophy. Yeah. That's another discussion for another day, I guess. But, you know, I think for them it, it's something they've accomplished two years in a row that they you can they can say you know every year we've been fbs we've been bowl eligible so you know that's always great but six wins i agree with you just means that okay you can go to a bowl game doesn't necessarily guarantee you a spot but it means you know what you've had a nice year we're going to reward you with the bowl eligibility status but they definitely have to go into South Alabama thinking that they can win so they can be bowl eligible, they can be ready to go, and that way when they're looking at Arkansas State, Georgia State, I think it will relieve some of the pressure, and now they can just play football and say, you know what, now we just need to start building our resume. And I think that's very, very important heading into a South Alabama match. Um, they're going to play a tough South Alabama team that's good on defense. 
Offensively, they struggle. Ninth in the Sun Belt in scoring 21 points a game. Ninth total offense, 376.1 yards per game total offense. Ninth in passing, 191.7 yards per game. Sixth in rushing, 184.4. Now, I bring up the rushing because that's where Texas State has struggled. Minus the Georgia Southern game where Feel like they were ready for it. They practiced. They were well prepared for Georgia Southern. But running, stopping the run has been an issue for Texas State. And South Alabama does it by committee. It's not one guy that's going to stand out. They have Kendall Houston, played nine games, 443 yards total for the season with a touchdown. Jay Jacobs, six games. 394 yards, 4.7 yards per average. He's, he actually leads the team in rushing touchdowns. Pretty impressive. Then they have Xavier Johnson, Brandon Bridge, and Terrence Timmons, who all have over 100 yards um, for the season, and they each have one touchdown. So uh, they do it by committee, and that's something Texas State is going to have to do because they struggle in stopping the rush, uh, stopping the rush playing teams, and that's something that Coach Thompson is definitely going to have to be ready for against South Alabama. I feel like before we, we talk about the team in South Alabama, the way they're constructed. I wanted to backtrack a little bit, talk about last year's meeting just briefly. 35-33, Texas State had fourth and 26. Uh, Tyler Jones to completed a 51-yard pass to Ben Iger for, uh, to get the set-up 42-yard field goal. Big game on the road that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. And you look at it a year removed, it's a big game. Uh, Jaguars, one of the uh, South Alabama players, called it our Super Bowl. He said that we really need to step up and win this game because it's our last conference game we have. We have Navy left. We have South Carolina. This is our chance to, you know, get the tiebreaker over Texas State, slide into the third spot, which is pivotal because Texas uh, Sunbelt has three bowl games, tie-ins. And if they were to get that, this is where it starts. And they and Fran was talking about how, yeah, it's their Super Bowl, I understand. But for us, we're not, we're not approaching it that way. It is not our Super Bowl, and we're just going to approach it like that. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, you know, the game from last year was really big for the Bobcats. You know, they and, and, and it that's crushed a, South Alabama also. That, that's the the thing though. Me forget about that game is Texas State should have won that game by two scores. You know, after Mager's pick six, I, no, Justin Iwuji, excuse me, pick six, should have won that game. South Alabama came back in the fourth quarter, took the lead, and the Bobcats, Jason Dan, um, getting the uh, field goal and, and Tyler Jones completing that big pass to Ben Isha. So, you know, it is a revenge game. They're going to be on the road. One thing I think the Bobcats have to do is solidify the run game. I don't know where this whole we're throwing 51 times, uh, Rob Lowe is only touching the ball 11 times, Terrence Franks is only touching the ball 11 times. Now, granted, they're behind Georgia Southern, so obviously you have to throw the ball to get back. But I'm telling you this right now, if the Bobcats don't go back to their bread and butter, they can kiss a bowl game goodbye because they've got to start running, especially in the late stages of the season. You know, there's a reason why Alabama wins national championships. They don't do it because their quarterback's throwing. It's because they can run the ball. Oregon, there's a misnomer that they throw the ball everywhere. No, they run the ball. Auburn, Cam Newton right now with Nick Marshall, guess what they do? They run the ball. TCU, they run the ball. Florida State, you know, they have Jameis Winston there, which I completely understand. But if you look at their, I believe they're a top 10 rushing team last year. These teams that are continually win in college football, they run the ball. And that's what they have to do. Plus, the backs that Texas State has have Rob Lowe, Terrence Frank, C.J. Best. People forget Tyler Jones can run, and they have Tim Gay back. They have to start utilizing their backfield, and they got to do it against South Alabama. South Alabama is six on the Sun Belt. Rush defense, 176 yards per game. They're giving up. They're not going to win in the air. South Alabama's third in the conference, giving up a little bit over 200.3. I think what they have to do is slow it down. They want to run this no huddle. That's fine, but I think they got to slow it down, run the ball, and let these guys do what they can on the ground and in space because I believe that's how the Bobcats will win. 
That being said, I think in the Georgia Southern game with Georgia Southern really climbing down on the run and uh, Rob Lowe and Terrence Franks had no running. I think passing the ball 51 times was good for that specific game because as you look to the third quarter, they started getting comfortable, started finding things. And that was, I don't really have a problem with the running game uh, going away from the run against Georgia Southern. In general, I'm with you. I think they should establish the running game, Um, especially against a team like South Alabama who They've been bitten by the injury bug. I'm going to just break it down how many injuries they've had because it is a lot. Uh, Jay Jones, running back, torn his ACL. He's out for the year. Uh, Brandon Bridge missed the game against Arkansas State. He's expected to return. He's probable. Uh, Maliki Harris, linebacker, probable he missed the last game. Uh, Quadarius Ford, Ford, cornerback, he's probable missed the last game. Uh, tight end Wes Saxton missed the last game. He's probable. Uh, and then lastly, outside offensive lineman, excuse me, Drew Dearman, Missed the last game, probable. A lot of probable guys, maybe they rested them for Texas State. Who knows, knowing that you know, you're know you playing against Arkansas State, let's save the big guns for the Bobcats. But they are really hurting injury-wise. And Fran said something interesting on Wednesday about how injuries can either kill you or they can hurt you, but it depends on game context. You can either have a backup come in and succeed, depending on what team you're playing and what scheme you're running, or that same backup can fail, depending on that scheme and that game. So injuries can either be the death of you, or really they can really spur something. So I'm looking for the injury bug to see if that what team South Alabama is because I don't think they're the 45 to 10 lost Arkansas State team. I think they're way way better than that. Yeah, and I I completely agree with you. Uh, they're like the they're like the Texas Rangers of, of, yeah. of college football. And they're all right skill players and they all players that matter. matter that's what's yeah. really that's so really key that there. Might, that might work to the Bobcats' advantage. Like I said, I think they're going to have to establish the run, especially going on the road establishing tempo and, and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, we got to talk about some key players here that I think the Bobcats are going to need to definitely step up. Guy that I think is going to have to do it, I, I hate to put him on the spot like this because he's still young, is Tyler Jones. He simply just has to start playing better. I, you know, forget the numbers, forget all, all that, you know, stat stuff that's looking good for the eye. Internally, he's got to start being the leader. He's got it, and he's not—he's not the guy to be boisterous and you know be very emotional, which is fine. But I think it's time for him to step up. It's go time because I think this game sets a tone not just for this year, but moving forward in his last two years. Because I think if he can step up in games like this, in when you need it the most, I think people respect that. I think people see that you have something there, and it's just go time. You want to see the sense of urgency from him, you know. I, I think he's really, really critical to what the Bobcats are going to do come South Alabama. My first spotlight player isn't a player. I'm just going to go in collective unit as a whole. Shout out to the offensive line. They're going to really need to be important as if, I mean, obviously important in every game. But South (laughs) Alabama, 21 sacks. Theo Rich has a third of them with seven. Um, They're really good at uh, rushing the passer. And offensive line, you know, they look shaky sometimes. They have continuity, granted, but they look shaky. Tyler Jones has run himself into sacks as well. So it's just as a unit, they really need to make sure that Tyler Jones has the time and the space to, you know, run the offense. Yeah, and I agree with you. I actually – I like I like that a, a, a lot the, the offensive line. For me, it's the defense as a whole. Can they repeat the same performance and take it on the road after coming off your best performance against the best team in the conference? Can you repeat that against South Alabama? 
Are you going to play down to the competition or are you going to stay at that level where you're now division one and you're stopping the run, you're stopping the pass? So it'll be interesting to see if they can. I think they will. I do think they will. South Alabama, like I mentioned earlier, not a very good offensive team. Defensively, they're, they, they strive, but offensively, they're not that good. So I think the defense is, as a unit is one to look out for. I don't believe in a Georgia Southern game any, any one person had more than 10 tackles, including David Mayo. So that's that's – yeah. yeah, so that's you know that's I think that's great because that I, that tells me that everyone's gang tackling, they're participating, they're hustling. There's more effort. So if they can continually do that, I think that's great. And I want to see the defense take this show on the road. Second player for me would be Lawrence White, senior. Two touchdowns in his in his first two career starts. He's really solidified that second tight end role, the next to Bradley Miller, kind of replacing Ryan Carden in that, um, being the big guy that Tyler Jones, whenever he needs an angle, whenever he needs a safety valve. Lawrence White is there, and he's been open. He's found he's found angles. He's found room in the defense. And Lawrence Wright, you may not think about too much about him, but he he's an important player just to you know pick up the chains and move the offense. Yeah, and I, and I like that. I like that a lot. I like the number two because I'm gonna subtract that minus one, <laughs> one. Simple. By the numbers. It's by the numbers. Simple. 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 It's one. They need one more win to be bowl eligible. That's all you need. Just break it down. Forget Arkansas State. Forget Senior Night. Forget Georgia State. What that many are calling a, a for sure win. You need one. Take care of business on the road. Go to Mobile. Shut the Jaguars out. Shut them up. And just win. Win their Super Bowl. How, <laughs> how fitting would that be? Pull a Seattle Seahawks exactly. on there. Yeah, exactly. Just come out and go <laughs> Smash on top. Yeah. yeah. So one one is the number for me. You need one win to be bowl eligible. I'm going to focus on the red zone for my number. So my first number is 72. Um, that's the red zone conversion percentage for South Alabama. Last in the conference, they've had 18 of 25 uh, opportunities that they've scored, 12 of them been for touchdowns. You look at it further, they're averaging 3.6 points per red zone um, per red zone possession, while Texas State averages five. That's a huge difference when you wow. get down to the nitty-gritty 20 yards to go and you need to score a touchdown. South Alabama is faltering while Texas State isn't. You know you have a great number when the host of the show is like, wow. <laughs> the next number that I'm going to choose is three. That's the number of bowl games that SBC has tied in, that, that they're tied into. And why that's significant is because I believe the loser of the game is an odd man out. Because if you look at the standings for, for the Sun Belt Conference, you have Georgia State, who's 7-0, and 8-2 overall. I don't believe they'll be able to qualify for a bowl. I don't think 74 teams will be ineligible. That's the number they need for them to go to a bowl. Now you're looking at eligible teams. Lafayette's 5-0, and 6-3 and overall. They're bowl eligible. They're probably going to go to New Orleans Bowl. Arkansas State, 4-1, and 6-3. Even if they lost to Texas State, I still think with them being at four wins, they'll probably make a bowl game. So that leaves one more spot open, either goes to Texas State or South Alabama. Appalachian State actually is kind of wedged in there between Texas State and South Alabama at uh, three and two, but they're in a, they're not going to make a bowl game. They're they're not eligible to make one. So. It comes down to this, Texas State, South Alabama, because like I said, the loser of this is probably the odd man out, and that's why this game is very important, especially with South Alabama not having any more conference games left. And the three bowl, in, you know, three, uh, bowl games that uh, Sunbelt is tied in is New Orleans Bowl, obviously in New Orleans, the GoDaddy Bowl in Mobile, and the Camila Bowl, which is new this year in Montgomery, Alabama. So that's going to be key. Now, where I think Texas State kind of got – hustled a little bit in the Sun Belt conferences. Lafayette and Arkansas State didn't have to play Georgia Southern this year. So University Georgia Southern didn't have to play those two teams either. either. You know, and, and so you know, I get it. Sun Belt Conference, you know, 
Texas State, new kids on the block. I'll just say this. I think Fran and, and Coach Tice, I think, I mean, Athletics Director uh, Larry Tice, they're going to have to go back to the committee. I, I think they got to talk because the first year Texas State was in the conference, you know, they played Arkansas State, Western Kentucky, and Troy. All three of those teams had a bye week before they played Texas State. And I get it. You're not going to make it easy for the new kids in the block. But I also think Georgia Southern kind of got away with not playing two of the best teams in the conference. So that's very interesting to me. I, I think, you know, the Sun Belt played some favorites there, but that's okay, you know. You just got to earn it the hard way for, for the Bobcats. To add to that, too, there's just talk about Louisiana Lafayette potentially rejecting the New Orleans Bowl just because right. it's their fourth time, time going, in four yeah. years. Maybe they want to go a different route. If that were to happen, that would change a lot of things. You'd move Arkansas State in there. You, Texas State has uh, maybe South Alabama. There's a lot of variables, and there's other bowl games, too, that Texas State is rumored in. So very, very interesting thing to see how everything sorts out. Uh, my second number is also going back to red zone, 76%. Um, South Alabama has allowed a score on 25 of 33 red zone opportunities. That's the highest. That's the best in the Sunbelt Conference, actually. Wow. You look at it. That's They're playing. When they get down, when they're on the opposite side of the field and they have a team with a short field, they get the job done, and they really play well. De they play good defense. So, I mean, while they don't score offensively when they, when they need it, when they have 20 yards left, at least they're stopping them uh, in the red zone and preventing those easy points. New England, there you go. They, they, they subscribe to the New England Patriots type defense. Ben, don't break. Uh, that's why their defense is great. Um, you know, and, that, and that's interesting to go back to your point as we go into final thoughts before we enter pick em. That that That's a great point that you make, you know, with um, Lafayette rejecting the New Orleans Bowl. That'd be very interesting to me, especially with Lafayette right there close to New Orleans where their fans can easily travel. And they sell those out. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a game changer. And let's not forget, Texas State could still get six wins and still get invited to a bowl. You know, maybe another conference can't fill, fulfill the obligation and things like that. So I think that's something to look out for and just to kind of tie into my final thought pick them you know we're we're there I think you're gonna end up beating me out so congratulations there but I, it was over before it started <laughs> oh good lord anyway Texas State it was never a contest this Texas is, this State is Arkansas Pine Bluff all over again <laughs> Texas State is gonna win this matchup 21-17 I think it's gonna be a tough defensive battle I think it's gonna come down to the last two positions of the game and I think Texas State Riding that two-game road winning streak in the Sun Belt Conference, I believe they're going to win. I'm going to go same way. Texas State, 28. South Alabama, 24. Some crazy things happen. South Alabama makes a mistake. There's the game. These teams, you look at them, very, very close in production. I think South Alabama, since they're hurt and they're kind of hobbling and they're, they're unsure of themselves following a 35-point loss, while it's Texas State – three-point loss against the best team, arguably, in the conference. They're in different places in the conference, and I think Texas State is a little uh, notches ahead of them. Yeah, any final thoughts? Um, a lot of fun for this game, really. Texas State, you look at it, they lose this game. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think they're getting a bowl game. I just do not think they're getting a bowl game. I circled this on the calendar about three weeks ago, and I looked at it. I was like, okay, if they lose this game, and even if they beat Georgia State, and even if they give Arkansas State a run for the money, this season is just all for mute. So that tells you what I think about this game. I completely agree with that. I really do agree with that. I think they got to win this game. Even though I'm picking the upset against Arkansas State for them because of senior nine stuff, I, I agree with that. I think they got to win this because it's a must win for them. That way they have the tiebreaker over South Alabama. Well, that's it. If you have any questions, you can leave it at theuniversitystar.com. 
or you can tweet us at University Star or at UStar underscore sports using the hashtag Field Two Fans. You can even tweet him spam if you want to. At please Kiso. do. I don't get that enough. I never get spam. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> at Kiso, or you can tweet me as well at Otis underscore Outputs using the same hashtag Field Two Fans for our lovely sports editor Kisum Ramirez. Hopefully that cough gets better, man. Who knows? All right, knows? they're going to need you on the road. It's a tough. It's a tough road. Sports editor, people. I mean, it's a tough job. You know, <laughs> I mean, grueling mentally, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. I need this break more than anything. <laughs> For Keith and Ramirez, I'm your host Otis Evagal. Healthy as always, and I'll see you next time. Bye.